0: This is The Relevant Podcast.
1: It's Friday, September 13, 2019. Ooh, it's Friday the 13th.
2: I just realized. <gasps> it is no. Friday the 13th. And it's
1: Cancel The Relevant Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, on the ones and twos, our illustrious brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Uh, I've noticed that Twitter is not happy that I've shortened his introduction. (laughs) I
2: don't. That's fine. They feel
1: he
3: deserves all the the accolades.
4: (laughs) But he became our brother, which I feel like is kind of an
2: upgrade. I was like, that's (laughs)
3: kind of an upgrade. I was going to say that. I was like, yo, he's our brother. Let's go. (laughs) Uh,
1: On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Nashville, Tennessee, author, speaker, podcaster, <laughs> cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs.
4: Good morning, Jim. And
1: joining us from Los Angeles, representing the West Coast, MC, activist, uh, poet, our friend, propaganda, sitting in for the whole West, show today.
3: West, West, let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a West Coast. Well, I guess Bianca's on the West Coast. I'm thinking we have West Coast representation yeah. fairly often.
5: You know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. We got yeah. the we got the heartland in that. Is Nashville the heartland? I don't know. Anything, no, anything, 0%. anything that's not on the coast is the heartland to me. You know, <laughs>
4: anything that you can't get to the ocean. Yeah. Any, any is one heartland. of those states
5: that I. am not, like, that I could find on a blank U.S. map with about 80% certainty, that's Heartland right there. It's like, I think that's Iowa. I think that's Iowa. It's like the Hey Bargatze (laughs) joke, where he's like, we didn't learn the states. The only states we learned going to to school in Tennessee was Tennessee and the states that bordered us in case they attack. And that's pretty much (laughs) the limits of my American geography. Like, I look at a map and I'm like, I could probably, I think I could get half. I think if you move blank he gave me a pen fill it out i could get half i'm going to i'm going to get mixed up in the iowa range there's a <laughs> when, when they start getting kind of QB out west you know it's like oh this is not, i know nevada i'm going to be careful
4: cuz the minute you name drop the minute you name drop a state we get tweets from that state i we're like yes. we are right here i'm sorry if
5: you if yes. you if you if, if your state looks like just a block i don't know the difference between utah and and you know oh
4: don't do it
3: don't okay, do I'm not going to name it anymore. Are
4: fine. I'm, you, you already got the Utahians. Listen, you know what and states, and states I'm
3: talking about. No, those are easy. It's the one that if you go straight up to Louisiana, all the way up the top, anything that borders the Mississippi River, you're just like, wait, I know, I know these states. Yeah. I know them because I've <laughs> been there. Wait. But if you take the, like, if you take the name off of it, you're just like, ow. Oh, listen i you like, no, I know that. Uh, I know what it looks like. You're like, no, 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 no. I've been there. I love you guys. You have good coffee.
5: I, I'd be willing to say, <laughs> yeah. right now, right now, I would say if I threw out a blank U.S. map to this group and I said yeah. you have five seconds to find New Hampshire, I think twenty five percent. I think I. Think, oh, you'd
4: have to zoom I'd in. You have Hampshire. to zoom in.
5: No New, Ham- New Hampshire's it's not the, that bad. It's the New Hampshire, like Delaware, Rhode Island cluster
1: that's tough. That, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. And then, and then, like, like Prop said, like, is that is that Indiana or Ohio? And then that's veering left yeah. from Indiana,
3: I'm not. Indiana, sure. Ohio, Missouri. Yeah. Like, if you're just like, wait, which one of these is which? Yeah. You're like, yeah. Heartland. And then we're, that's at, what and then we're heartland. in
1: the, heartland. the Iowa, Wyoming. I mean, I go to Montana a couple times every year. I'm not sure which one of those big squares is Montana. <laughs>
3: Mont- well, Montana's not a square. That's a ginormous state. Yeah, I know. It's that the- is true. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's, it's all heartland. This, we're <laughs> so off hey, the rails speak, right hey, now.
5: speaking of the nation and traveling, I had I had an observation, Cameron, that I wanted to... I think we should just get to it now. All right. Um, so... I did go. some traveling last week. Long story short, prop. I met country music legend Alan Jackson in the airport. We had a delightful time hanging out. Uh, you, can to, you can listen. You can listen the full story last so, week.
1: Yeah, yeah. We don't reference old shows, but this, you know, th- this story has taken on a life of its own. Jesse yeah. is notorious okay. prop when he travels. Uh, when I, what you're looking at right now with I have big headphones on, that's me when I travel. Uh, it's it's like don't talk to me. I'm good. Yeah, leave me alone. When Jesse Live travels, look
4: at Cameron in every airport. Jesse yeah. window
1: seat hood done. Up, headphones yeah. in. done. When Jesse travels, no headphones, and he's making
5: eye contact with people and smiling, like seeing who well, wants to talk charm. to him. <laughs> Look at this charm. Like, so, just, <laughs> I'm just throwing out the charm. Anyway, so I met Alan Jackson at the airport, and last week I talked about the, the whole story because it's kind of a weird, crazy story, so go back and listen to it if you want to hear it. But, there, but the
4: the thing, prop, is Alan Jackson sat down next to Jesse, and he didn't know who he was. Would you have known who Alan Jackson is?
3: Not a clue. Not a clue. Yeah. Never heard Me of the him until Me. just now. No, and he's so, a
1: huge oh, wow. country music legend. and. and, yeah. and and uh, Jesse sat down next to a guy in a cowboy hat, and they got talking about uh-huh. ranches and cattle and stuff like that. And then glorious. Alan Jackson yeah. sees the, the cowboy and Jesse and comes and sits down with them. Yeah. And the guy says to Jesse, Loses it, that's Alan right? Jackson. And there's a whole story of how this guy's been a lifelong fan, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they're drinking. Great so they're him. at the airport bar <laughs> at 10 a.m. <laughs> And Alan (laughs) Jackson sidles up. And so we get talking about that on the show. Yeah. And in the segment break after Jesse's story last week on the podcast, I threw in an Alan Jackson song as a joke. We were looking for his gospel song because we had mentioned it. And I was looking for the gospel song and came across this Alan Jackson song. Uh, What's it
5: called, Jesse? Five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock somewhere. And I I thought, oh, that's perfect. So I throw it in there. With
4: Jimmy Buffett. It's him and Jimmy Buffett. I thought
5: 5 O'Clock Somewhere was a Jimmy Buffett song. And the theme of the song. And and so they put it in. And I'm so i like listening back to the podcast. I always listen before it goes out or me or somebody on the team. And I texted and I was laughing out loud that they chose 5 O'Clock Somewhere because it is a song about finding an excuse to like day drink. And I was like, that is very funny (laughs) that that is the song you came out of this with, Uh, And so... So later that day, I, I decide to uh, walk down to my daughter's preschool to pick her up. And I I got my earbuds in. I'm like, you know what? That little clip of five o'clock somewhere was kind of a banger. I'm going to throw that thing on Spotify. <laughs> and so I'm walking through the neighborhood in the middle of the day and I'm listening to the song laughing at the lyrics because they're hilarious. And sure enough, like it's Alan Jackson singing about knocking off work and sneaking out to the bar. And uh, he in the last verse of the song is sung by Jimmy Buffett. Right. And yeah. But the, so so it's Alan Jack. It's an Alan Jackson song with Jimmy Buffett. And the last like thirty seconds of the song, and people can go back and listen to it to see if I'm exaggerating because I am certain I'm not. I know exactly they what they promote. It is. Yeah. Something that is very dangerous. And if this song was released in 2019, this would not be cool <laughs> because they talk about oh. operating a boat under the influence. They are promoting drunk boating, <laughs> like drunk driving, drunk boat. Like literally, College. here's the end of the song because
4: it's them speaking back and forth, yeah, yeah. right? So,
5: so it's like. So Jimmy Buffett does the 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 last verse and he's like you know Alan I've seen your boat up at Margaritaville a couple times and Alan's like oh boy I get in there late at night sometimes and Jimmy's like oh I've seen it he's like come stumbling on out Jimmy and he's <laughs> like He's like, you make Dude. that boat home, okay? He's like, I don't know, I think so. Try to keep it in the channel markers. He goes, oh ho, oh, don't hit them buoys. And I'm like, oh, this is a conversation. No, says, keep
4: it, but he says, keep it between the buoys. Yeah, keep
5: it between. And I'm like, <laughs> this. They're like, this shouldn't yeah. be allowed.
3: Voting under the
5: influence is as
1: illegal as driving
3: under the influence. And that's dangerous. You know, and they say, and they say hip hop is bad. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, look here, y'all ratchet. Okay. Just stop talking about y'all ratchet. You know what I'm saying? Grandpa ratchet. You feel me? That's what I'm saying. Like, this is not something that should be promoted in a song. Like,
5: we should have a campaign against this. Like, I listen. It, it, Jimmy should be like, I saw you dr- I saw you boat on into Margaritaville and stumble on out, Alan. He's like, that's all, that's sure right, Jimmy. He's like, good thing I was a good friend and called you an Uber. I didn't literally <laughs> encourage you on stage in a hit song to get behind the wheel when you've been go. drinking you margaritas go. all night. There you go. That uh, should be. Or, oh, or yes. just Alan Jackson taking a lime scooter down the coast yes. because he doesn't want to get behind the wheel. I mean, it's, it's,
1: Drunk scooting <laughs> is
4: not any better. Drunk scooting, yeah. I see that all the time here in Nashville. And I'm like, y'all, y'all are going to get you seriously
1: injured. You, you, you're gonna, it's you're illegal. Gonna get drunk scooting, drunk bicycling, uh, it's all illegal. You can get a ticket for riding your bike under the influence. Yeah. So, as you should. It's a dangerous we thing. We got to signs
3: do. on the highway now, now that uh, cannabis is legal about like driving high too. Wow. We're oh, just like, really? Hey, Hey, that counts, guys. Yeah. Right. right, right. Listen,
5: I'm yeah. not going to tell anyone how they want to live their life, but don't get behind the wheel. If you listen to five o'clock somewhere because it's a hilarious song, remember, <gasps> don't do what Alan and Jimmy do because mean,
4: <laughs> I, good I, I appreciate you saying it's a hilarious song. It's also kind of a good song, Jesse. There's a demographic of us that do enjoy Alan Jackson.
3: <laughs> I will say this. I do have one tie to country music okay. and it's y'all know my birth name is Jason Petty yep. and there is a very famous Hank Williams impersonator named Jason Petty and oh, he wow. has and he has the domain. So when I tried to get jasonpetty.com I clicked on it and I was like, it's got a Hank Williams impersonator and he totally is. Go for it. Wow. wow. I, uh, I didn't know there was a market for that.
1: Annie has a uh, uh, quilting Annie Downs. You have a yes. Hank impersonator, Jason Petty. Yes. I I am in a social media domain One-upsmanship with a Cameron Strang. Like I, since the early '90s or mid '90s, I've been aware of a Cameron Strang who he used to run a country label, and now he's the president of Warner Brothers Music. And so, yeah, you can't win. When people,
4: (laughs) yeah, you're not going to get that one. No,
1: I have them all. I beat them to them. I have CameronStrang.com. I have at Cameron Strang. All of them, and he he has. He's the one who's playing catch up. I'm
5: I'm just saying. Hey, Prop, I, just, I have an idea of how you can get that yeah. Jason dot com from the St. Williams impersonator. Here we go. We need to frame him for drunk boating. The, they'll believe he's a country. <laughs> he's a country impersonator. The cops will believe us if <laughs> we report him. We, we saw this guy. He's, he's all over the place out there. He they're going to like, sure, be like, Petty. it's a
3: crime. but He was, dry- he was driving Williams.
5: that bass boat like it, was a, like it was a jet ski. Get him out of the waterways. He's a hazard. And you can be like, I will tell the police this, sir, unless you relinquish the domain. And he will be like, well, I don't have a choice because they'll definitely believe you. That sounds like, like operating a bass boat at high speeds while under the influence definitely sounds like someone who is a professional Hank Williams impersonator. That sounds like behavior they would actually do. Well, we have a great show in store for you today,
1: uh, despite the start. Uh, coming up later, um, it's going to be a little bit of a different tone uh, later in the show. Uh, we're bringing on our friend, uh, speaker, podcaster, and counselor, Mike Foster, uh, to join us uh, to talk about mental health in light of the news that we all heard this week of uh, the death of Pastor Jared Wilson, um, who's written for Relevant has been a friend of the show. Uh, over the years and um, the tragic story there. And uh, Mike and, and Jared were friends and we wanted to bring him on to talk about that. So that's coming up later. Also, yeah. man, we're just all over the place. We got, we got, we got, we got, it was starting hot with the Alan Jackson the, the, <laughs> the, the, the heart, the heavy hearted segment coming up later with Mike Foster. And we have the new issue of relevant that we're going to tell you about Um, Coming up, uh, Tyler Huckabee will be joining us from Paris. We'll tell you about the new issue of Relevant with Malcolm Gladwell on the cover. It's a very exciting issue and it's in motion to you right now. So we're going to tell you all about it. So, all right, stay tuned. Up next, it's the Hot List. listening to Snake Hips. the song is Summer Fade featuring Anna of the North. At the beginning of the podcast you heard Weezer's new banger The End of the Game.
5: Mm, still rocking after they're like 30 years.
3: Good. See for the Weezer. cover the cover
1: art for it Amen. says Van Weezer and it's in that like Van
3: Halen font and stuff. Dude, mm-hmm. it's Guys, you got to look, man. We don't value longevity enough, man. Like yes, go there, You know, you know, man, look, dude, if you can still if you could still get 3,000 people in a room, man, you could keep your Grammys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shoot, I've I've long, longevity. I've bro. long
5: been a Weezer advocate, and I'm glad they're getting proper
3: recognition on this podcast. Or well, I've they're doing a huge tour.
1: They're doing a huge tour with Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two and Weezer. Yeah. Yeah. Just listen, touring,
3: bro. Listen, I'm telling you this from right now. Like, we when you looking at like having to like cancel dates because the room is like, yo, where the tickets at? You know, and you feel like you, you feel like you have failed in all areas of life because that one city ain't buying tickets for you, bro. Let me tell you, I'm. It's it's not like I'm speaking from experience. Actually, I'm absolutely speaking from experience. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, if you could still sell a ticket, bro, clap for that person. Yeah. You understand? what I'm saying. I- yeah, good for them.
1: I, the the biggest thing I just like we just uh, the summer released issue 100 of Relevant, and you know we started back in 03. and I have been getting texts from friends like who have been a long like who who've been doing things for a long time too, yeah, and they're the one thing they've been saying to me is man, congrats, the staying power is underrated yes. <laughs> you know like yeah. the fact you're still doing it and still evolving still doing it and well and they were very Man. kind and it was just like i, I you're in the middle of it day to day you just don't think about right. you know yo how long it's hey. been hey. but that's been the how, one thing that mm-hmm. these other people who've like built something they're like dude it's it's keeping it going it's being able to stick around longevity yeah right. and cameron yeah. how many
5: editorial meetings have we been in over the years i'm like have we reach out to Weezer. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, that calm too. I mean, for
1: real, uh, it's you, you slip it into the list at yeah, least I twice never, a year. I never
5: lead with it. I always have like a list of like, you know, all the, all the you know, a lot of artists, a lot of like cool progressive stuff. And there's like, uh, so anyway, we got uh, the new uh, Bonuver. We got Weezer. Um, let's see. <laughs> Chance has this thing. <laughs> all right, coming in. It's time for <laughs> It's just, little, I, I want to say one thing before we jump in, Cameron. On, one man. of these items I was on the fence about and I chose specifically for Annie. Like, I was like, I don't <gasps> know. And I was like, you Number know what? Five. This one, this is a hat tip to, to Tossie, our friend. Thanks, this is a hat buddy. tip. So you can guess which one. This is it's, it's interesting. Okay. We have to guess. All right. Well, I, I, I can, is it the, is it the one that I think it is? Cause it's, it's not, the, it's not the first one. It's not, it's the, not first, the first this one. Was too oh. inter- I felt like this one was
1: just it too is interesting of
5: a discussion right. point. Here we go. All right. Coming in at number five.
1: Wait,
3: before we get into it, before we get into it, I still have to say that it's still super shout outs to Chandler because the jingle still brings out the <laughs> Uncle Mike in me. It's just <laughs> immediately I got a Bluetooth on. And just like, what's up, baby? Got you a got a
5: white linen, linen shirt on. on. Yeah. I got <laughs> a white linen and some leather sandals. You're wearing what's sunglasses
3: up? inside. I, I feel yeah. you. I feel you. Yeah, I'm screaming and I'm screaming on the phone right now like everybody can't hear me. What you say, Chuck? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) All right, coming to number five, the new
1: version of Monopoly was announced this week and it's going to take on the gender pay gap in a very interesting way. So the new edition of the game envisions a world in which the pay gap has not only closed but has swung the other way. So in the new version of Monopoly, women players... It's called Miss Monopoly, by the way. Women players are dealt more money at the outset than male players, $1,900 versus $1,500. And they get more money for pass and go, $240 versus $200. So instead of vying uh, in the area of real estate, Miss Monopoly players move around the board and invest in inventions and innovations created by women. Jen Boswinkel, uh, Senior Director of Global Brand Strategy and Marketing for Hasbro... Told USA Today, we made sure that this felt authentic and it was a fun game families could play and learn about these things that they love and are part of their life that they didn't know were invented by women. However, many online so critics were quick to point out that Monopoly itself was a somewhat ironically patriarchal backstory. Um, the idea of for the game was essentially stolen from a woman named Lizzie Maggie who created the Landlord's Game in 1903 to demonstrate the cruelty of the economic injustices she saw around her. Um, Maggie uh, created two sets of rules, one in which players are rewarded for cooperating with each other as a way of demonstrating the perks of a more just economic system. The other set of rules, well, you're probably familiar with those uh, because that's what Monopoly is. Hasbro does seem to be doing its part to make sure that future innovations by women won't go as unheralded as Monopoly itself. In a video announcing the launch, Hasbro surprised three teenage women inventors with more than twenty thousand dollars to honor their achievements. What do we think so, about Annie? The Annie's mouth has been
5: a, a like has been just like open, and she's wide eyed the entire time you're reading. Annie's just like, "What? What is this? What is this? What? What is? What is? What is your thoughts here?"
4: I love that the um, well, for starters, I didn't know that Monopoly was created um, first by a woman and then stolen, but. That's interesting, but like I, love that all the, right? <laughs> I love that all the squares are different inventions and innovations by women. That's really cool, because when I saw it, I kind of thought like, I mean, this is interesting, but why would you buy an entire game just to switch the pay, like just switch the pay when you play normal Monopoly? But if the squares are different, that's super cool. Yeah.
5: Well, and, and like I, I've thought the because th- this this was released, particularly the gender pay gap demonstration aspect of the game. Uh, I saw some some interesting criticism of it, but all of it I'll, in my mind, I'm always like, who cares? Like, it's a good, it's like an interesting idea that's stimulating an important conversation, and the the stakes are pretty low. It's a board game, you know what I mean? Like, there's that, yeah. And it's like, if they found a creative way to start a conversation about the gender pay gap and have rolled it into a piece of pop culture everyone's familiar with, I how is that not a positive thing? You
1: know all right coming in number four this week Jimmy Fallon made fun of the world of Instagram pseudo spirituality by introducing a new segment that poked fun of the trend of those vaguely spiritual inspirational quotes that people put on Instagram but they don't really say anything. The bit is called hashtag blessed, hashtag inspired. Here's a clip.
5: <laughs> Annie,
2: this is for you. This is your man. This is your your f- your it's favorite. Yeah. So whenever I need to pick me up, I go to my main source of spiritual strength. It's inspirational quotes that your annoying friend posted on Instagram. And that, folks, it's time for a brand spanking new segment called hashtag blessed, hashtag inspired. And now, hashtag blessed. Hashtag I love this so much. Now our first inspirational quote is Nothing is impossible Except for putting a USB cable in the right way on the first try That is, that is actually impossible That is actually uh, uh, I, no. <laughs> Literally, I've never uh, once got my microphone
5: here. plugged in on the first time
2: Right We don't remember days, we remember moments Like the moment when you finally paid me back for the lunch I bought you last week, Cheryl Here's one. Oh, there's one right here. Oh, these are great. Keep going. You're almost there. Actually, it turns out there's construction up ahead. Google Maps just added 40 minutes to your travel time. <laughs> Another 40 minutes. You can 40 minutes. Put on a podcast. I don't know. Come on, what are you going to do,
1: man? That is so unfunny. Sorry, oh. Jesse. You and I have very different sense <laughs> of humor, apparently.
4: Annie, That's he's
3: hilarious. your hero, right? Jimmy?
4: I love that guy. Yeah.
3: I'd pick it's that up. It's a for, funny I'd idea. That. It's a
4: funny start.
3: Yeah, I think he could work on the bit a little bit, but yeah. the the premise is there because yeah. it's very true. As a matter of fact, I read this like doctoral thesis about uh, what's happening in the brain and what type of brain is actually inspired by stuff like that. Like there's an actual like neuroscience as to like who actually finds this interesting.
4: Really? And learns
3: from it. Yeah. Don't let me quote it, because it's a quite a diss. What they're saying is going on in your amygdala. Like, it's it's quite a diss, guys. So like, it's, it has a lot to do with your frontal lobe, where you just can't be like, yo, you're not saying anything. But
5: I, the, the other thing, too, is like, I've seen like the other version of this, which is like sermon clips, you know? And yeah. like, some of them are good. Like, some of them are like, oh, well, that was 90 seconds of inspiration. But sometimes I'm like, like I was joking with somebody about it. Cameron, you went to ORU too. Like it's, it's when they lean into the, like, uh, uh, some biblical phrase that like I'm supposed to glean meaning from because the pastor's saying it very passionately from the stage. Like at, at ORU, they had this whole sermon about some obscure voice verse in the Old Testament that, you know, God's blessing, uh, was eventually come if you're patient enough. And the camels were seen coming over the hill with all the wealth and treasure and like, They would be like, your camels are coming. Your camels are coming. (laughs) Those are the type of sermon clips on Instagram that I'm like, okay, this, this did nothing for me. This is just like promoting, this is just promoting the sermon podcast or whatever. This, the the intent of this was not to actually enact change or, you know, have any sort of like actual depth. It just is to get that, you know, pastor personality in front of my, my face on Instagram. You know, I see a lot of those. And I'll
4: tell you who does have good clips is TD Jakes. I watch uh-huh. all his clips that oh, he puts he's got up some on he his say. Instagram. <laughs> They're all
1: fire. I love them. All right. Coming in number three this week, uh, Chance, the rapper discussed how Jesus inspires his community activism when he was so a guest good. on the Ellen show this week. Uh, she asked him why he was so charitable. He's given millions to causes that serve people in need and children in and around Chicago. Um, he said that ultimately it comes down to the teachings of Christ and the values instilled in him by his parents. Why,
4: why is it important for you to, to give back?
2: Uh, I think, all right, so why is it important? Uh, so my understanding of a lot of stuff is based on uh, Jesus. So like Jesus teaches to be like, you know, to care for your neighbor and care for people that aren't necessarily your blood, but still, a part of your body, because we're all humans. And so like, I think it's, that's an impactful thing that I think I understood more as I got older. But my parents, since I was young, definitely instilled in me to like, you know, when you see people that are in need, uh, you know, you don't just want to pass them by, you want to try and, you know, do something beneficial to them before you leave, because that's your imprint. So I guess it's my, a mixture of my parents and Jesus would be my answer. Uh-huh. Good inspiration.
3: It's uh, quite a combo.
5: I know. Can, can like, I know there's his latest album has gotten mixed reviews, but I I, I, I like this earnest turn. He's like I, I'm not saying like uh, I you know the big day is my favorite album ever or anything, but I think it's nice to see an artist embrace a sense of earnestness, not just in his music, but also his whole persona seems to really have embrace this no apologies like yeah i give to people because i think it's cool and because that's exemplifies my faith you know uh yeah and just how he like carries himself seems different than a lot of artists do these days yeah
3: i think two things man one is like you know for the for the for the mix review thing it's like okay Part of the mystique of Chance was like he was the people's champ, you know, the underdog, like we're all cheering for him. And then it's like, okay, now he's got like a record deal and stuff like that. So like the mystique is gone. But I feel like this is who he really is. This is who he always was. The music still stands up as far as I'm concerned. Um, But one thing I did notice, too, was he just recently talked about how he was like postponing his tour because he was like man i just got married we just had another child he's like man i miss so many like moments of my first child he's like man the tours will be there i don't want to miss these moments we'll come back next year after we've these like first you know few months and i can experience these things and i'm like dude you know you are who you say you are you know what i'm saying and that to me, like you said, like I love that man. But I feel like he's always been that. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like you said, like he's like, man, I'm just gonna put it out there. It's dope.
1: Yeah. All right. Coming in number two, Lin Manuel Miranda this week <gasps> said he's reading Rachel Rachel Held Evans' final book. Obviously, he's the guy behind Hamilton and a lot of. Uh, other stuff like the songs in Moana and other pop culture musical offerings. Well, Lin-Manuel Miranda took time on Twitter to answer a few fan questions this week. And in doing so, recommended a work by beloved author, Rachel Held Evans, who passed away earlier this year. So the Twitter user asked him if he'd read any books over the summer sabbatical. Uh, and he recommended a few choice reads, including the New York Times's harrowing 1619 project about slavery in the U.S., Playwright oh, yeah. Stephen Schwartz's biography called Defying Gravity and inspired Rachel Held Evans's last book before her tragic passing. Uh, she was um, no you guys for,
4: know she has one more book coming out, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, next she, year, right? Yeah. yeah, there
4: is one more book coming. So it's her last book that released while she was alive, yeah. but there will be yeah. another one at the end of this year cooking. that had, yeah. she had already finished.
3: Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. She was known for her thoughtful books that challenge traditional interpretations of theology and created open, safe places for people to explore their honest questions and doubts about their faith. She was yeah. 37 when she died following a sudden illness in April, leaving behind her husband, Dan, and two kids. Uh, she was a fan of Miranda's, once tweeting, uh, quote, basically everything comes back around to Hamilton. So it's cool to see <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. connection. He's
4: one of my favorite Twitter followers. I love him.
1: Oh, Seems he's like a really it. smart what do you guy. Li- what do you like about him? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I like how smart he is. I like that he uh, exposes me. He, he will retweet art. And so he exposes me to different people's art or music or poetry that I wouldn't have yeah. normally seen myself. And every morning and every night, he does this like really encouraging five sentence, like wishing you well for the day or or letting go of the day. If it's the mm-hmm. night, and I just find him to be incredibly inspiring and kind.
5: That's very Mister Rogersy. That's a very Mister yeah, Rogersy thing. I to think do. that's how
4: it feels a little bit. I mean, I think there's more edge to him because of the art he makes and because of his passion for equality, and uh, then. But it is, does have a Mister Rogers feel to how kind he is toward his followers.
5: That would be ex- mm. that would be exhausting to me. Like I'm going to say and something the nice and
4: dented. Project. Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. The sixteen nineteen project is worth a read. By yeah. the way, y'all.
3: Yeah. Yes, sure. it is.
5: Uh, okay, coming in at number one this week.
1: The Presbyterian Church USA has made a documentary about the Flint water crisis. Uh, The film is called Flint, the Poisoning of an American City, and it's a production of uh, PCUSA's Disaster Assistance's story production, and it debuted in Flint this week. It's from activist director David Bernhardt, whose previous documentaries included Trigger, the ripple effect of gun violence, Locked in a box, immigration detention, and Kapulahan, when the waters recede, about the aftermath of the 2004 Indian Ocean tsunamis. In a statement, Barnhart explained that the new film shows just how large scale the water crisis is in America and how other cities are also in danger. He said, We're facing an urgent drinking water crisis in the U.S. that is systemic and widespread, but it does not get the headlines or attention from the wider public. Mm -hmm. Uh, Access to safe, clean drinking water is one of those essential and basic human rights. And the question becomes, how can we allow for some to have access and others to be denied? The poisoning in Flint is a warning of what happens when we deny and ignore the voice of citizens and the tragic reality that this is actually happening in our cities across the country. The movie uh, will be screened in cities around the country this fall. It's really cool that the Presbyterian church is the one behind it. Yeah. yeah. That That's
5: crazy. Yeah. yeah. To see a major denomination that obviously has a lot of resources, decide to dedicate some to a film that showcases an actual need that American citizens can have some assistance in, in resolving, you know, we can, we all have mm-hmm. in a democracy, we all have some, you know, political power to an mm-hmm. extent, um, especially because the, the, the cities that are affected are often home to communities that have been disenfranchised by corrupt, yeah. corrupt politicians or economic policies. So I think it's really cool that a, yeah, major denomination is championing this.
1: Okay. So before we close out the jingle, uh, Jesse, which one did you put in there for Annie? Was it the Lin-Manuel Miranda,
5: Rachel Hall, Evans one? Jimmy Fallon. I had to do Jimmy exactly. Fallon. I Actually, it was like three
4: out of five, Jesse. I feel very honored. There were a couple of those that were real. Anti-ish. I know, but that
5: one I was on the fence about that, that one was, I was on the Jimmy Fallon was on the, I had another one like in my back pocket. I was like, you know what? I, you know, Colbert gets a lot of play on this thing and it's not often uh-huh. the Jimmy Fallon does something that's like in our lane. And I was like, yeah, yes. I don't know. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of cornball y, but I'll throw anyone, you know, she she talks about how her love for him. And so I, 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 I very toss passionate. it out there for you. It. Yeah. All right, that'll do Great. it for.
0: The hottest, the hottest.
3: What's, up, What's up, nephew? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's up, nephew? <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, stay tuned. Up next, uh, Mike Foster joins us.
6: Novus Global's Meta Performance Institute for Coaching is an exclusive, revolutionary program solely dedicated to training the best coaches in the world. Prospective coaches are invited to go beyond high performance and achieve meta performance alongside this community of world-class practitioners to develop a thriving and sustainable coaching career. Discover the impact you can create with Fortune 500 companies, professional athletes, artists, and leaders. Learn more about the journey at novus.global forward slash the Institute.
1: You're listening to Surfer Blood, song is Around Your Son. Well, Mike Foster is a speaker, author, strategic counselor, and the host of the podcast Fun Therapy. Um, Well, this week, the country observed World Suicide Prevention Day, but it also lost a beloved pastor, author, and mental health advocate, and Jared Wilson, who died by suicide on Monday. Jared was a husband and a father of two young kids. Uh, we want to invite Mike on the show today to talk about mental health, Jared's legacy, and how we can all have meaningful conversations about these important topics. Um, Mike, you, Prop, and Annie all knew Jared and his family well. Can you talk about his legacy, especially as it pertains to his work with mental health advocacy in the church?
0: Yeah, well, I, uh, um, I've i known Jared for 10 plus years. I met him when he was just a young punk kid who wanted to change the world and uh, had been a friend and mentor to him uh, and Julie. And just, you know, we lost a really bright light this week and his legacy is breaking the stigma of mental health and breaking down the darkness and bringing light and truth and hope into those places. And, you know, the the sense of his work and his life and his legacy is one that I truly believe is going to impact, continue to impact thousands and thousands of people. Because the thing that I loved about Jared is that he told the truth. And when you tell the truth, uh, people can get help.
5: It, yeah. You know, Mike, he was so, one of the things that, you know, if you followed him on Twitter, Jared was really passionate about, you know, destigmatizing conversations around mental health and also making it something that the church in particularly could more effectively address. You know, Mike, I know, you know, this is an area that you're passionate about as, as well to kind of carry on, uh, you know, Jared's legacy and, the, and some of the things that he was passionate about, what are some ways that we can all more effectively address mental health, especially in the context of faith communities that we're involved in?
0: Yeah, well, I think it honestly it just starts with some of the most basic things. Uh, it, it is amazing how much bad, horrible, unhelpful information there is about mental health and those who struggle with it. And so if I was encouraging Pastors, leaders, people who want to advocate for um, the things that Jared was passionate about, I'd say the first step is just to begin to um, study and get some research and get the information, because I think the information would be quite surprising in terms of what um, what is out there. And I think we've come to a lot of theological conclusions that are unhelpful. I think we've come to a lot of um, relationship expectation that are unhelpful, I think, especially within leadership, the idea of having a struggle, uh, you know, having a mental health issue somehow disqualifies you. That is just abhorrent to me Um, when I think about that idea. I believe we as leaders and as advocates for um, people's freedom need to be leaning in to the struggle. And that's what Jared did. That's what his life was all about. Jared was gifted and talented and passionate, but he also uh, led with his weakness. And that to me is how we can lean into these issues is um, talk, begin to talk about this, be honest about our own weaknesses, stop pretending that we're all okay. And then that's going to, to me, give the freedom to actually have a more robust conversation around these really important topics.
5: I, one of the the things that I think some people might find challenging that didn't grow up in an environment where it was the norm to be kind of emotionally vulnerable or to go to counseling or to incorporate these different kind of uh, habits that encourage positive mental health is like they, they kind of, it's some people kind of feel awkward with the topic. How Mike what, what are some ways that you would suggest that people can get more comfortable if this is just an area that they weren't kind of raised with not just an awareness of, but just that kind of comfort level.
1: Dude, Jesse, it's it not just, it's just not awareness. It's, it's, there's major parts of the church that if you're struggling with depression, that just means you don't have enough faith <laughs> yeah. or if you're, if you're, you know, suicidal. Well, that's not of God. So you're out of God's will. And like, it's judgmental. It's not just they're, they don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, it is like, you can't talk about that stuff. You yeah, know, we're going to pray it off. So, yeah. Mike, what do you, what does the church do? I mean, like, what do we, like, how do we address that? Yeah.
0: And, and you're so right. The, uh, there's so many ideas that are just entrenched in our belief systems and our theology that, unfortunately are unhelpful and hurtful to people. And so one of the things I, I would say this in general about our life and anything that we have come to sort of these hard conclusions and and realizing that we have been influenced by our upbringing, by the churches we grew up in, by society we, we have to understand that there's certain things that we believe about certain issues that simply are not true. And so I think the starting point of, of this for for somebody would be, hey why don't I get a little bit more curious about this when I start asking questions instead of just keeping keep validating my, my current beliefs and beliefs that possibly I've been hanging on for 10 20 30 years just because they were you know someone got to the microphone first and told me what to believe and so I think that the idea of just stepping back in perspective asking a question, Getting curious about yeah. what is depression? What does that really mean to struggle with depression? What are the implications of mental health issues? What does it mean to be open and vulnerable? Is it okay to live that way? And um, I, I, one of the things that I want to encourage everyone who's listening and is that I truly believe that this is trending in the right direction. It's trending too mm-hmm. slow, in my opinion. It's good. But it is trending in the right direction, having these incredibly important conversations. Uh, What we're doing today of just putting it out there and saying, let's talk about it, is so powerful and so liberating. And I know just Jared would be smiling right now and cheerleading this conversation because of that, because just beginning the conversation and it's going, I don't know, or I'm not sure, or can we talk about it? That is the first step.
1: Mike, in your professional opinion, like if, if a friend that is someone who's close to you is, is struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts. And, and, and in those lowest moments, you, you know, they've, they've hit a point where they, they do open up about it. Right. And you sit with them and you do not let them, you know, um, go to the darkest places alone, <laughs> you know, the next, yeah. the next day and the light comes on and they feel better and, 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 and life keeps moving forward. You know, th- my question is is like as as the friend do you recommend cuz a lot of people who are struggling with depression stuff withdraw they don't want to embrace they don't want to call a hotline they want to they want to just internalize they want to remove themselves and so as the friend who knows now what they're going through do you recommend that like that we the friends like stay like bringing it up and like, Hey, have we, have you talked to a counselor yet or whatever? Or is that intrusive? Cause if the person doesn't want to talk to you about it and they want to withdraw, how do we be a good friend to them in that journey?
0: Well, it, it, that is such a great question, uh, mm. What One of the things that I would say is that there's probably different levels of this, um, just as there'd be different levels in terms of how to approach, um, a, you know, an addiction, you know, what I would say with this is um, when somebody tells me something um, I, and they're struggling, I assume that, that in that moment we have made a sacred bond to be on this journey together. And so I think a lot, we do a disservice to people um, of believing that we might step on somebody's toes by asking or doing a follow up um, that, mm. that we might, you know, add to their shame. You know, I, I, I do simple questions with people. It's like, how's your heart? How's your mind?
3: Mm.
0: Um, mm. How are you yeah. sleeping? We don't have to be so intrusive. Like, are you still having suicidal thoughts? Or we don't have to like right. be so sort of um, direct, but we can we can check in and checking in on people is absolutely important. I've had several cases being a friend and I've had friends who are going through a dark season where, uh, and this may sound intrusive, but this is what I do. I asked, I, I removed the guns from their house, things of that nature. Yeah. So it's yeah. all different levels of engagement, but what doesn't help people is for us to say, I don't want to step on any toes. I don't want to you know, bring something up again. That was kind of uncomfortable that, That's not the healthy, appropriate way to actually help people. And so checking in, I'm checking in all the time.
1: I love the questions that you you just said, because the the thing that I would be you said it's not our job to fix them our friends and 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 so i the hesitation would be well if i'm asking them well did you go talk to that counselor that you said you would that almost sounds like prescriptive and right. and and whatever but to check yeah. in and say hi hey how's your heart today or how's your mind i mean yeah. how
4: are you sleeping is such a simple that's question that's a good that question and tell you a lot yeah that's a good that question i love that one mike i'm keeping that one
1: yeah and and if you're involved in church leadership lead a small group or anything like that please do the hard work of uh, understanding this component to our journeys and it's not just sure. pray it away and you know the church needs to do a better job of uh, equipping people um, and you know holistically in their approach to mental health and well-being and um, I'm hoping that this is like you said Mike I mean it's encouraging that this that this conversation is happening and continues but I, I'd like it to speed up yes. <laughs> as well Me too. you know Me too. so all right Mike, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Blessings
0: to you guys. Thanks so much.
1: All right, stay tuned. Up next, we have your Ask the Cast
3: questions.
6: Connected Faith is a great new Bible study app built to teach, inspire, and encourage you on your faith journey. Connected Faith combines the features of a Bible app, devotional, And small group study, offering daily readings for individuals and weekly lessons for small groups. Study content is ongoing as new studies roll out every three months. Connected Faith aims to connect you with Scripture, your community, and with God. So visit www.connectedfaith.com to learn more and download Connected Faith in the App Store today. the
1: you're listening to Derek Miner Byron One and Cannon with all we do is Win. a little bit of a tone shift there for you a little
3: hey, banger speaking of Derek Miner yeah you know you know uh don't tell anybody, all two million listeners of you, but we <laughs> just finished an album together.
5: What Whoa. did you?
3: Yeah, and it's uh, it's 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 due very soon. So some of the little things for our tour dates. If you I mean if you're already on, if you're already on our like newsletter list, you already know this. But like our tour dates, we're we're performing our new music. So wait,
1: is oh, it a yes. is it a is it a prop? He produced it. Is it prop and Derek, or is like what? No, what, all
3: what, prop. Uh, like he produced it all, he wrote a bunch of the hooks, we did a lot of things together, he sang a lot of harmonies and it's just like yeah, wow. so I just basically went in there as a blank slate and just let him make a tape on me. yeah oh nice wow. oh, that's
1: yeah, so fun. All right, it's time for something time to ask it's ask because. you guys went on uh twitter this week you hit us up at relevant podcast with your ask the cast questions and we thought it'd be fun with uh prop joining us to to throw these to you all oh, um you know okay it.
4: good luck prop so Uh-oh. so there
1: there's a, there's an account a rogue account called relevant out of context i forget what was it out out relevant out or out yeah. relevant or something like yeah. that yeah. That's anyway hilarious. so they tweeted us uh Uh, whoever that person is tweeted us, uh, you're stranded (laughs) at the airport. You're stranded at the airport. You can choose one person you follow on Twitter, but have never met to rescue you. Who are you DMing? And Jesse, you cannot say Alan Jackson. That was a criteria. Well, I looked,
5: that. I looked, and he's not on Twitter either. He's not that type of guy. <laughs> that makes sense. He's out voting right now, and there's no service where he in the international waters <laughs> that he is drunkenly strayed into. So he's <laughs> off the table anyway.
4: <laughs> I'm going Lynn Manuel Miranda.
5: Oh. oh, that's a perfect one. Oh, it has to be Damn. someone I follow. Now I'm like looking at who I follow. I if I knew this was a question, I would have. I want to say, I don't know how I don't follow Bear Grylls. I have. He has to be because they, they almost position this as like a survival type of situation. Stranded mm. at the airport. Who is coming yeah. to rescue? Yeah. The answer there is obvious. He's going to teach me how to identify the most edible leather suitcase and flash cook <laughs> it uh, with jet fuel. And we'll, we'll, we'll survive on basically uh, jerky that's made from Louis Vuitton leather. So I choose oh Bear God. Grylls.
3: What about you guys? Damn. Yeah, I'm torn between making this like a career opportunity oh, okay. or just somebody I oh. enjoy. Because if it's a career, have oppor- to
4: rescue you. Oh, I guess you're just trapped. You haven't done anything
3: dumb. Yeah, if it's a career opportunity, I'm like, man, it's Kendrick. Like, can you come pick me up, Kendrick? Right? <laughs> if it's not, if it's not a career opportunity, it's. M- Probably going to be Peter Sagel from Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> <gasps> Just so you guys yes, are very drop. What yeah. a
4: great answer. Yes.
3: Yeah. That, that is probably why the, do you follow
4: him on Twitter? That is
3: probably he's the whitest answer.
4: <laughs> is he?
3: He's hilarious, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. I do
4: love him on Wait Wait, don't tell me, but I had no idea he was a good Twitter follow happening.
1: All right. Um Rebecca asks, how can I become a more interesting person?
5: <laughs> oh. Well, wow, Rebecca. The, okay. This is easy, Rebecca. Interesting people live interesting lives and have interesting yeah, stories. Start saying yes to stuff. Yeah. yeah, start random conversations with strangers. That's a, <laughs> That works great for me. I've gotten all kinds of interesting little, hey, if you listen to this podcast, interesting little twists over the years by just talking to randos. The more, ran, the more random a person looks like, the better stories that person has, and the more likely they are to uh, let you accompany them, a complete stranger, on their next little adventure so talk find the most interesting person you can visually like, truth. i need to find a way to talk to that person this is either going to that is end,
4: actually for sure the best advice this you've is ever either given to end in an awesome yeah.
5: story or my untimely death it's usually worth the, oh the risk so
1: okay no that, but speaking in, truth, in, though. in the <laughs> real world you don't want to go up to all those strangest people you see in the grocery store and try to like be friends with them that's not but in the real world say yes just say yeah. yes to stuff you know, like says when That's the guy who
4: keeps his headphones on in every no, airport all the that's time. It's
1: not the same thing. If if a, if I get an invitation or a friend says, hey, let's go, I, yes. The answer is yes. You go, you do. I just like to try... When I'm traveling alone, I just keep my heads on, headphones on. That's different.
4: Say yes. I, I agree. That's how you get more interesting. The more content you have and you learn about the world, the more interesting you get. So ask yeah. more
1: questions. Yeah, there, you there go. it is. Amanda Upton asked on Twitter, my six-year-old wants to know if you like
5: pineapples. So
4: a hundred percent. Yes. You I, like <laughs> pineapples. I got, I got, Absolutely.
5: I That's got a two question. ears of mouth and a heart. Don't I? Yes. Pineapples are delicious. <laughs> it's, a, it's a vacation. <laughs> Eating one bite of pineapple is an edible vacation. Uh, suddenly I'm like in a much more beautiful place, a climate where pineapples naturally go with a first bite. I'm like, that is fantastic. Why well, don't I eat more pineapples? You're on an Island
3: immediately. Exactly. I'm immediately on a tropical an Island.
5: edible vacation. All inclusive, by the way.
3: On <laughs> Emily, Emily asks. Yeah.
1: Emily asks, "What's one food you eat and love that others would think was weird?" For example, she loves saltine crackers. Great, um, uh, but and sometimes that's all she has for dinner. She loves uh, them so much, dude. So I, I, th- that's bad. I have a good that's one. Zero hurts. nutritional I, value. I, in that. I have yeah. a good one.
5: Yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, like, I don't know, yeah, like a course. month ago. We I everyone on this podcast knows, but I have a lot of cookouts at my house and what and the neighbors come and stuff. And so we had we decided I heard you can make pizzas on the grill. So we made pizzas on the grill and we've been going to Costco and everything there is like giant portions. Long story short, we ended up with a gigantic container of pepperonis, right? I have been (laughs) eating just straight up cold pepperonis like because we have so many left over. I probably have eaten for the last three weeks. I'm going to guess in the neighborhood of 15 to 27 pepperonis a day. (laughs) Like I am (laughs) pounding pepperoni. Like whenever
3: I get hungry, like single-handedly ate five cows. I'm
5: I'm talking about a pepperoni that goes on a pizza, but uncooked. I will. Like after this podcast, I'm going to walk downstairs. I'm I'm, because I'm thinking about pepperonis. I want some pepperonis. I'm going to go and grab it. Like, like, About uh, the size of a a half a sleeve of Oreos worth and just eat them. Just eat pepperonis. Yeah. I love it. I think
4: that's weird. You're about
5: to to be the only man in his 30s with gout. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get scurvy like a pirate. That's why I need those pineapples more in my life. Because (laughs) of the pepperoni vitamin deficiency. The pepperonis just absorb the vitamins and don't give anything back. So, yeah. But I highly recommend the pepperoni thing.
1: Tiffany asks, Would you rather have constantly dry eyes or a constantly runny nose.
5: <sighs> well, I mean, oh yeah, dry oh, gosh, eyes. Yeah, I would terrible. definitely take dry eyes. I mean, the runny yeah. nose is that's just. Because you just the worst. keep some visine with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, yeah, if, it's right. constant, but if they're
1: constantly dry, that means that the visine doesn't do Not anything
5: because they're always dry. I would. You know so I, mean? I would. You're I, making I My eyes would, hurt. I would. So you would take the runny nose, Annie. No, I, I hate no one, both of them. Yeah, because no one yeah, wants running. No one wants to be around running nose person. Newsflash. Exactly. Someone's you got a runny nose. That. It's like you know, I want to hang with that person. They kind of got a running nose right now, and I don't I feel like that's probably contagious. Dry eyes that's is like right. they're probably up late last night doing something cool. I'm going to hang with them. <laughs> I want to be a more interesting person. They're,
4: okay, but if you have a running nose, you get to be the person who's like, "Hey, I can't make it tonight. My nose
5: is running, little, and I'm going to. It's a great." Well, Back out with well, 90 it's minutes to Well, it's pepperoni night. <laughs> you can head out I, real whole, quick. I can't get rid of them fast enough. They're going bad.
1: Uh, okay. Lastly, this is timely. It's, uh, it's fall. It's football season. Mm-hmm. Joel says, my high school's football games start soon. What are some creative chants we should do to, rate, to rise above the line of mediocrity hey. that is the average <laughs> high school student section? Mm-hmm. Jesse, help Joel. Take
3: his student section to another level. Yeah. This is this is. Easy. We need to know the school mascot, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, it's hard.
4: He didn't give us enough, really.
3: Yeah. Well, he I,
4: gave I, Jesse plenty to work with. Yeah. But. We
3: need to know what state. We need to know. Oh, that's, that's that's real. Yeah. The, the state city thing name is real. and yeah. the like the name yeah. of the
4: school, the mascot. What are we your colors? To, I think he's, he's talking great.
1: about general ones. Like we don't need a picture. We you know we, we, we need don't a need pitcher, belly a picture of the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
5: Well, here here's the thing. Like obviously they live in a state. That is difficult to identify on the U.S. map. You just go there. Your state is geographically ambiguous. Ha <laughs> ha! You know, so you yeah. want you can well, go what there. if it's high schoolers, they're
4: playing everyone from their own state. <laughs> yeah, they're not. That's they're what makes it different. People it's from a their local city. Burn.
5: Yeah, that's why. That's why I burn. get personal. That's why I get very yeah, personal. Yeah, that's why it's like. I, that's why. They, <laughs> listen, got you,
3: Starbucks over there. Yeah,
5: <laughs> Yo, side of town ain't
3: got good you're, coffee. You're a
5: lame starbucks list town. Yeah, so you can <laughs> either go that or, <laughs> or, or you know, if you want to do homework, you need to get the the, the yearbook from the year, year prior and just guessing on the pictures of which people are on the football team and then you need to make like a long shell silver scene style poem involving all of their <laughs> names and their goofiest physical attribute hello dry eyes quarterback Chris <laughs> McGinnis you are terrible terrible dry eye Chris Terri- and then the running nose guy you hit him and and it's it's embarrassing medical conditions it's physical attributes and if that doesn't work you just lob pepperonis at them like like <laughs> rotten tomatoes to a bad
3: Media, yo, y'all should learn and just, but you have to do it in unison. The school, whole school, has to do it. Like, like, find the most like infectious like child song, like Baby Shark or something, and just the whole school, the whole game, nonstop sings Baby Shark. The whole game, Baby Shark, just (laughs) oh man, can you imagine the other rival school, the whole game, just singing that? Oh my god. How about this?
5: How about this? This is next level. You know, those, you know, those commercials for medicine, like, I don't know, like it's for sleep or it's for hair loss or whatever. And most of the commercials, like a montage of people walking in the park with a golden retriever, and they're like side effects include, you know, insomnia, toenail infections and bad breath. You know what I mean? Like I would find one that has really bad side effects, go to the game the (laughs) week before Spike the Gatorade with this medication. So you, by this time, the side effects have set in. And let's say it's bad breath. And everyone's sensitive about it because they don't know where it came from. But everyone <laughs> on the team's got bad breath. And <laughs> you're like, "You ain't happy. You are sad. You know that your breath is bad." And
3: everyone's like, "Hey,
5: hey!" And you just mentally tear them down. Literally, you know that you poison them. And so this <laughs> one is very easy. Good question. I think that might be illegal. But yeah, uh, I think you broke yeah. a,
1: a law or two. But you know, and it's, you're—it's
5: a gray area. Prop, it's a gray area. Sure.
1: You know, I All think right. we
5: can agree on that. So. This is very easy <laughs> all right
1: question. there's a bunch more questions we appreciate everybody who tweeted us at relevant podcasts and sent us questions uh tune in next friday we will uh do another edition of ask the cast all right on that note we will wrap things up make sure you check out mike foster's uh podcast fun therapy wherever you get your podcast he's a great guy and make sure to uh go check out the resources that he was mentioning at mikefoster.com. prop tell us your tour
3: dates you're going you're about to hit the road yeah. Chicago, October 10th, Los Angeles. That's the one that's wink, wink. There's new music coming out. Uh, Bring your recording device. October 21st in Los Angeles and then the 27th in Oakland. And I highly suggest if you're not near any of these, just because they're super special, like fly cause we don't do this stuff often. We're interviewing Lisa Gunger. We're interviewing the owner of Visco. Uh, it's going to be dope. Yeah, very cool,
1: Annie. Annie, I don't want to leave you out. Do you have anything you want to plug other than your new studio and office that <laughs> that you're filming? No,
4: from? I'm having. I'm just happy to be here with y'all.
1: Uh, All right, go check out. That sounds fun, and pre-order oh, yeah, I have
4: a podcast. I mean, yeah, the ease? Yeah. yeah, I'm
1: giving you the chance, and pre-order her new book that she's uh, just starting to work on and is stressed out about every day.
4: Just, just yeah, just drop a few quarters in a jar, and by the time my book's done, you'll be able to pre-order it. I, with I have the money you've saved.
5: I have something. I haven't. Yeah, Jesse, this yet, you it? But I'm I'm starting a little part-time bail bondsman gig uh, after hours. So if you're in find yourself in a pinch. Give me a call. Uh, I got a lot of people on the run right now and I don't even know how this business works. It just sounded like a good idea. I answered, I answered a Craigslist ad and, uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm an over my head guy. So please check me out. Um,
4: It's
5: a bad situation. (laughs) That's hilarious. All right. Uh, hey, in the,
1: if you uh, want other podcasts to check out, make sure to go check out relevant daily every day coming out every weekday at the intersection of faith and culture. It's about 10 minutes long and the new season of unedited is going on right now. And let's see right now, the conversation with Bianca Oltoff is up and in a week from Monday, uh, my guest will be Jeremy Courtney. So make sure to check that. Hey, uh, subscribe to relevant. Issue 101 is shipping now. Malcolm Gladwell's on the cover. Make sure to check it out at newsstands nationwide. You can view the whole thing at relevantmagazine.com and there's a great subscription deal going on while you're there. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap it. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey.
4: I'm Annie F. Downs.
1: I'm Propaganda. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone.
5: I got two ears, a mouth, and a heart, don't I? Yes, pineapples are delicious.
6: Relevant Podcast Network.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.